Amen. And praise God. Amen. 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 We're going to talk about uh, uh, keeping your faith. Amen. Keeping your faith. Keeping your faith. Uh, it's very important. Uh, faith is very important to God. Now, who we believe is very, very important to him, and it's important to us. We have a covenant with God that requires faith. Our covenant requires faith uh, because we have faith to offer and he wants it offered to him. He doesn't want us believing in anything that we see, anything that anybody else tells us, anything that we know. He wants our faith and confidence in him. And why is that so important? I believe it's important because it was uh, walking away from faith in God that caused the fall of man. And if our disobedience or our lack of faith caused us uh, the fall, then, of course, reversing that and putting our faith back in God will cause us to triumph and will cause us to get our victory and will reinstate us uh, into God's blessing and into his covenant of mercy. And so whatever was done uh, to get us here has to be undone to get us back to where we're supposed to be. And so whenever we find ourselves putting faith in natural things and putting uh, faith and confidence in what people say and all of that, uh, we will find ourselves veering off course in God and then we'll, we'll understand God's displeasure with it. Somehow we'll know things are not, we're not as peaceful things are not happening according to schedule there's a we'll we'll realize there's a fly in the ointment somewhere or a a monkey wrench has been thrown into gears in the works or something and so we have to uh, back up and and, and refocus and, and get our faith firmly where it's supposed to be now this is a fact of life this is not something that uh, you can look at and say well I'm never that's never going to happen to me you know we we get a little uh uh what could I call it? Superstitious, a little witchy poo, a little, uh, you know, goofy like that sometimes. We think we we can ward off every, you know, like Wonder Woman. You know, when she put up the bracelets and, you know, you can't live your life. That is not faith, folks, you know. I used to hear people make prayers like, um, they think of every disease that anybody in the family, I bind this, I bind that, I bind that. Listen, you're redeemed from the curse, okay? Let's forget. Because then people say stuff like, well, I don't know how I got this. Well, it's probably one of them, them things you forgot to bind while you was trying to bind up everything. You know, come on now. Let's make it easy on yourself. Just believe you're healthy. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. Don't be scared of something creeping up on you and all of that, I think if you walk in, you can outrun anything the devil has. If you you keep running with God, he'll be shooting at you and he barely, he'll get close to your heel, but he won't shoot you. You know what I'm saying? He won't get you. So if you walk with God, you can outrun the devil any day of the week. You understand what I'm saying? Just make it simple and easy on yourself. And I think that, that, uh, type of example is the essence of of our success or our failure in God. I mean it it just comes comes down to that simple. Are you really confident in God or are you really trying to ward off some kind of fear 
that keeps creeping up on you. And, and we have to challenge fear and uh, understand that. So uh, if we keep in keeping our faith, we have to realize that our faith is an investment. It is an investment. It is not something that some weird substance or some strange commodity that just lies around and we can't tell you what it really is. But our faith is an investment. And we have to understand that it's either in the God of heaven or it's in the God of this world. If you have your faith in the God of this world, you will be mindful of worldly things. And the devil is very subtle. I I find that as we... uh, Uh, get more comfortable with our relationship with God and get more confidence in God, sometimes the enemy comes in a more subtle way uh, to try and distract us and veer us off course of keeping our focus in God. So it's either in God, the God of heaven, or the God of this world. And it depends on where your faith is focused what your result will be. So your faith can be focused in natural things, or it can be focused in God and focused in the Word, focused in your relationship with God, how you stay connected to God. If you have confidence in God, you will, will attempt to stay connected with Him. Not me. I remember, you know, I, I turned down a lot of dates when I was growing up, you know, because you you kind of looked at some of these guys and you thought, now, wait a minute, where are you going? I don't really, I ain't interested in going. You ain't going nowhere. You ain't got nothing. Don't know who you are. But you're going to try to take me with you. I ain't going. You see what I'm saying? And so we do the same thing with the enemy. We see that he's not really going anywhere. What what he what is being presented down here on this earth is not really what God has promised us. And so it's just that simple of keeping your focus over in the things that relate to God's kingdom versus the things that relate to the natural life. And so when we understand the natural life, when we understand uh, how temporary it is and it's fleeting, and there are things that God has prepared for us that I have not seen nor ear heard, we'll start to understand how to keep our focus in what God has for us versus the things of this world. Now, there's a reason for why we focus on certain things. There's a reason why our focus is kept in God or why it's kept in the world. We can be focused on something, say there's something we desire from God, but we must um, decide or discern whether our focus is based on fear or whether it's based on confidence in God. And there is a big difference. There's a difference in your result, and there's a difference in in how we respond when we are fear-focused or if we are faith-focused. If we are, uh, if, if there is fear, uh, sometimes we're we're wanting to believe God in in this something that's that we desire is in our minds a lot. It's on our minds a lot. But if it's fear, it's never settled. So fear will kind of make the things we want a little burdensome to our minds, a little obsessive in our, our thinking about it and the way we speak about it. And so we have to untangle our desires and our wants 
from the realm of fear. Get them out of the fear kingdom and get them over into the realm of faith. Does that make sense to you? So if you if you uh, are are fear based or fear driven in some of the things, and sometimes you can you can be trusting God, and all of a sudden. It'll flip over into the natural realm and you'll start being concerned about how long it's taking or how long it's been, if it'll ever happen. When you get over there, you've taken it out of God's hands and you've actually put it over into the hands of the God of this world. And so our struggle many times with things is not so much do we pray have we prayed the right prayer or we are our faith strong enough but how where we've got it positioned where we are expecting it to come from what kingdom are you expecting your answer to come through and and that makes all the difference in the world and how we focus on it when we focus on the lack of a thing it's fear you focus on the fact that you don't have it yet the fact that it isn't coming the fact that it's missing then we we know we've got it over into the realm of fear if we if it's missing sometimes we fear it'll never appear if it's something that's sensitive time sensitive many things are not time sensitive i mean if you i I could see it if you were uh you know waiting for a, a court date or waiting for a bill to get paid there's a deadline on those things mostly but most everything else is not that fear that time sensitive you know these things can come to us any time because god does bring time with him when he comes he brings enough time to do things he unless we've wasted time you know what i'm saying if you've been goofing off and thinking you got forever to do something and then finally when you get to a certain age you just oh oh, i got back getting it cracking you know sometimes uh people in the world especially uh, they don't want the responsibility i'm young i'm kicking it i'm doing this (laughs) pretty soon they're walking in the bar with a cane you know what i'm saying i say i i better get this show on the road i'm feeling it now you know what i'm saying so that's not us that's not how believers live you know what i'm saying but there is a place where sometimes spiritually speaking we put off confronting the source of our discomfort with things you know Uh, we put off facing uh, how am i feeling about this is this faith or is this fear And, and if it's if it's not faith, I got to get this straightened out. Now I got to get my focus back on God and what He can do and the things related to His kingdom. And so when we we start to observe and start to understand uh, exactly the focus, why we're so focused on something, why we're are we focusing because we lack this thing in our lives or we focus because we're trusting god for it then uh, we'll find that that we can get it sorted out correctly keep it over in the realm of god's faith i mean it's just that simple uh you know all you have to do is wake up one day and say you know what i've been really really dwelling on this god and i can see now this is not you this is not right this is not how you operate and this is it's gotten over into the realm of fear so you can take it right out of that fear category or that fear uh realm and put it back over in the faith realm just as easily as it sneaked over there you could sneak it back again through repentance and and showing god you know god i want to do this your way i want you to i want to trust you with this and forgive me for dwelling on it too much and putting it before you 
It's easy to do. All you have to do is sit up bored one day and the devil start playing in your head, you know. And so you you got to get him out of your head and get him over into the realm of faith. So many times we begin in fear, but we can turn it into faith by placing our confidence in God and focusing really on the answer that is yet to come instead of the current state or circumstances. So all you have to do is in when you talk about focusing on the answer that is yet to come, that always includes meditating on God's word. Our problem many times is that we let the enemy distract us and bring us over into the realm of where there's no promise. See, you're out there trying to believe God for something or trying to say you're supposed to have something in God and there's no promise backing it up. So you're just out there in your own mind, you're out there in your own thoughts, you're out there in your own wants and so forth and so on. And really that's where we live before we met the Lord. So if you want your your salvation to really be meaningful to you, you have to be careful to keep your focus on what God says he will do in that and that alone. And don't let your mind drift over into the lack category uh, because it, it that's when you'll start to get anxious about it. You'll The devil will convince you it's never going to happen. He's going to get you upset about it and mad about it and all that kind of stuff. And so you have to keep your your faith focused, you know, in the right place. Don't feel sorry for yourself because you get into these jams. You don't even have to address how you feel about it. In fact, you don't have to feel any way but relieved because God told you where you were and you can correct it. And so don't waste your time trying to pacify yourself or beat yourself up because this is happening to you. This is where we waste a lot of our time in some kind of phony reaction to it instead of just, okay, God's made you aware of it, so get up and move on, you know. Uh, it's like the lepers. They'd spend enough time sitting there wondering when things were, hoping to die one day, and then the next minute they're not dead, and they say, well, let's get on up and do something. No, we can't do that because that's not the right thing to do. They'll kill us over there. They'll kill us over here. And one day they just made a decision about it. So tossing it back and forth in your mind is not something to feel good or bad about. It's just something that happens to people. Why can't we live in the realm of this just happens? You know, somehow Christians got to judge everything and categorize everything. And this ain't right. And I've been saved long enough to know better. Just stop it. Stop, 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 stop it. Man, just be thankful that you get enlightened. And you, <laughs> you can get pulled out of the pit, you know. Jesus said, he said, which one of you that own an ox or something would go leave it in the, just because it's, it's Sunday, you can let your animal stay in the mud. He may not make it till all night. You know, that poor animal struggle all night long, he'll be dead in the morning from struggling. God doesn't want us to die from struggling. He just wants to rescue us out of our mental torment. Amen. There's a lot to enjoy instead of tormenting ourselves about, you know, our what we should be doing and shouldn't be doing and all that and so forth and so it's a waste of time. So as as redeemed people, we live in the realm of faith where faith is active and it's alive and it's enjoyable and it's, you know, 
going to produce in your life that's what god wants for us he doesn't want us beating ourselves up or trying to excuse ourselves when we you know don't don't come up to what we know we should so if if um uh, uh you know we we have to focus on god and what what he promises rather than focusing on our lack of a thing now when you don't have something sometimes it's hard to discern where your mind is from time to time you know am i really expecting god to bring this and if so when am i expecting it to happen that's very important you know i mean we can say we're expecting but if we put it off for too long that's not expectation when you're expecting it can happen at any time so if you don't have that it can happen at any time mentality or you think you know it's going to happen one day or god said he's going to do it so we're just going to let god do it you know that kind of thing you have to cut that out because expectation is for the now it's it's for god to do it now especially if it's a need or something the devil is robbing you of that expectation for now must be there and it must be there consistently many times we'll have a now expectation when it doesn't happen we say oh i knew that one god i you know just quit the now expectation but you need to keep that revived on the inside of you because one day it will be now and if you're in the mentality of putting it off forever it now will never happen so you have to keep a now expectation but not when it doesn't happen now you can't be disappointed see we don't have the luxury of feeling disappointed about anything you know you you know well that's normal no it's not yes it is i feel disappointed but i'm telling you it's not normal if you're believing god for something disappointment is not normal it's something you're supposed to fight with everything that's in you it's an enemy there are things that happen to us that are our enemies if we're going to go forward in god you can't live in the realm of disappointment your faith won't work there god has never told you to be disappointed about anything the bible says when david came back to ziklag and they saw everything was burnt up and wife and the kids gone and all their possessions dragged off he cried he wept he did everything but be disappointed you don't see anything in that account of how david responded that said he was disappointed what did it say it said he turned immediately to god immediately he turned to god see when you have faith in god and you don't live in the realm of the natural this is what made him a capable leader leaders cannot stand up and lament anything that's gone on you understand what i'm saying you can't process you don't have time to process your mind over into feeling bad about something it doesn't make you you know people think feeling certain ways makes them appear more like christians or more like people or i don't know what it is but we just get in stuck in that little hole of i gotta watch how i respond to things because i don't want to respond the wrong way well the only right way to respond is to have confidence in god to get up and keep moving in god you know 
how people say you don't have no feelings not about that i don't i don't have the luxury of i can't afford feelings about that you understand what i'm saying my feelings are not important what's important is my faith and going forward and feelings won't pay your bills won't buy you nothing won't do anything for you what's important is your faith amen and faith has certain fruit with it and fruit causes certain feelings but they're not anything close to what you get in your soul you know your soul is is geared toward fear and defeat and everything your soul don't believe nothing good is going to happen for you unless you you know unless you stole it and got it illegal or something like your soul wants to enjoy life like that but god wants us to enjoy the life of the spirit which brings natural results got me so it starts in the spirit but it does bring natural results to us so if we begin in fear and we do many times i know i've gone to i when i was first saved i'd go into bible study and all i could think was and i'd sit i'd, I'd sit there and try to think of all the bad things in my life that i could ask prayer for until i learned that you can go to the altar in faith and confidence in God. And you don't have to inventory your life based on the wrong things. You know, you can, you, you know, when you get up to go to, for prayer, you know that the answer is right there and you're expecting the answer and not there to tell people all your problems all day long. It's just, you know, it just, it's not helpful. I mean, I know sometimes we can be overwhelmed by stuff and, and that's fine. And I'm not trying to make you change the way you approach life except to know that god's answer is there for you you must expect an answer and an answer toward what you want to see come to pass got me god has not got bad news for us he's always got good news for us and so when we understand that we can know that you can begin in fear you can begin in unbelief you can begin in shock or whatever but when you come to the altar of god when when we offer the comfort of the holy spirit there's an answer and there's faith for you to lock into the answer and then there's joy and anticipation of that answer to come to pass it's not just sitting around you know crabbing about everything to no avail so if you begin in fear we can turn it into faith by placing our confidence in god and focusing on the answer that is yet to come instead of the current state or circumstances which are not favorable so again keeping your faith depends on your focus what do you what do you prefer to focus on what do you prefer to focus on i remember a a friend of ours a gentleman i I knew throughout the years you know over the years you know a lot of preachers and uh, we had our saturday service only we didn't have a sunday service so we would uh, visit his church sometimes on sundays until we got our own service together i just kind of let people go where they wanted to go and uh but anyway what uh what he he would always give the testimony of how his church started and uh he had a pretty sizable church at that time he had maybe a couple hundred people uh in his congregation and he said that uh, he used to watch how his congregation grew and how it looked when he first started and he uh he would say uh things like oh lord i thank you for the souls that are here and he'd look at them. <laughs> count them he said he said he had started out with maybe about 25 30 people he said then he got down to 15 
<laughs> then it got down to 10 then it got down to three he said it was me my wife and my mother <laughs> was the last he said and he just would always say he always expected growth but when it didn't come he was kind of at a loss for what to do and so the lord told him he said it's never going to grow as long as you're watching everything and counting heads he said if you start stop watching everything and let me do it he said who's in control of this me or you and so he said sometimes you think things can't get worse appearance wise and so if you're appearance focused or natural focused you will be the devil will play you man every time you look up it'll be a different story but if you're focused on what god says and you're focused on what it's in your heart that you want to do for god or what he's promised you he's going to do then god will certainly come to your aid come to your rescue he will answer and he will bless but don't be shocked if you know what you're expecting seems to go the reverse of what you're <laughs> if you especially if you looking that'll teach us keep us from looking folks is to you know just realize the ups and downs that we can experience in the natural and how the natural will play tricks on us and if we start putting our confidence and our faith in what we see uh, we'll lose the faith of god every single time so just keep your focus faith is a matter of focus many times uh, in fact it is focus it's where you got it invested and uh, uh where where you you see yourself going you have to see yourself going to the promise at all times no matter what it looks like in the natural you got to see yourself in that thing that you say you hope for when we get in faith we have that 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 experience where we have turned it over to god and received faith about it i mean peace about it so faith in god is peace man faith in god is peace now you may have intervals of peace and then get stirred up again that's happened to me many times you know you can say oh god i'm I'm believing you and everything's all good and then you start getting worried you know something start in the back of your mind and the only thing you can do with that is repent and say god here i'm focusing on the negative again let me just put it back in your hands many times we'll put things in god's hands and take them back out again you ever had that experience i can't wait I just got to do this myself and get it all messed up, tore up, undone. (laughs) I'm sure God gets real amused sometimes with some of our creative and exotic ways of getting our prayers answered. Or, you know, sometimes when you finally get it, you think to yourself, I don't even know how this happened. This is the biggest faith accident that i could even imagine because it even blows my mind that god really did answer me after all my shenanigans and all my antics and swinging from the chandelier and threatening to go buy a gun and go whoop somebody up go hold somebody up right all of that and you still got what you wanted from god you know we can't figure it out but we must have done something to please him that's all i can say god i must have done something to please you i can't take credit for it i don't know when when this thing really turned in in my favor for good but 
you got me here, God, and you blessed me. And so I thank you for it. So just run like a thief. That's what you do when you get here. Just run like a thief. Keep running on with the Lord. So praise God. In Romans 8, let me see what I want to talk about there. Talks about the difference between the seen and the unseen realm, and and this is what we have to have to realize that there is a difference, uh, and and if we keep our focus on the seen realm, we won't have as much invested in God doing things as we would if we kept it in the unseen. Romans eight and verse, I think it starts in twenty four. Let me see. Well, we start in 18 because this is a discourse that Paul gives on suffering. And the, the, really the, the Bible word suffer means to allow. It doesn't mean all the time, but it can mean um, physical pain because when Jesus suffered for us, he allowed the, uh, the, the Roman, uh, centurions and the ones who were crucifying him he allowed them to have their way with him but he was assured of this thing that whatever they did was allowed by the father that's what we got to know you can't get yourself to the point of hysteria and thinking that whatever is happening in your your life is beyond god's ability to stop it he says he knows how to deliver the righteous out of trial, out of temptation. God knows what's going on, and there is a purpose to it. You can't see the purpose, and if he were to tell you, you probably wouldn't understand it anyway. But uh, suffering means we have to allow these things to happen, go through them, and still rejoice in God knowing that there's something better on the other side of it. And so this is part of the Christian experience kind of part we don't like so much but it is still there anyway and these things do happen to us verse 18 says for i reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us so you know you know partly the reason for it doesn't make it any easier sometimes to endure but you have to remember God is in this somewhere. It says, For the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. So part of our suffering is for the manifestation of the sons of God. And what that means is that we emerge out of these trials more like Christ than we were before we went in. You can't smell of smoke. You can't be crabby. You can't tell people everything you're going through. You can't be whining about how bad it's been and all that. You've got to stop that. You have to understand that God has been with you through it. You came out a lot better than you were when you went in, if you'll just let God help you to understand the process. But it is because God cannot give us full inheritance in our current condition. I know we think we are I'm in faith I'm doing everything right I give I bless people I say the right thing I ain't cussed in like 14 minutes and <laughs> and I got up and I didn't look at my husband and want to kill him this time I got up with sound mind and good intentions and but 10 minutes later I thought about it and, and whatever you know what I'm saying 
you know how we do our credentials and our qualifying is very 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 it's amazing though how your mind will start to wonder did i do this right did i do you go through your mental checklist of all your holiness things and then sometimes you think you know what god i bet you ain't even thinking about nothing like that when you think about blessing me you thinking about receiving my worship receiving my praise receiving you know did you talk to god today or did you just take your inventory of what you do right and wrong you know so you know it's just one of those things where we we have to we have to sum it all up in faith you know it's just you know god it doesn't matter about all that other stuff i'm still believing you if i'm the only person down here who's holding out for your best in my life that's me you know and that's the manifestation of the sons of God. You manifest the glory of God by holding on to his promises, holding on to faith in him. I've been disappointed in things, you know, but it's been momentary. You know, it's been certain things I believe God for. They didn't happen. I know they're probably not going to happen at this point in my life. We're going to all have testimonies like that. There are very few people who tell you that everything they believe God for happened in their life. And I think sometimes the more you work for God, the more you got invested in him, the more errors you make in your expectation. But you still hold on to God. And I'm not going to fall out with him about it. I'm not going to think less or use my faith less if I can help it. If I find myself veering over into, you know, just blah living and uh, putting your faith in neutral. I just, you know, shake myself and say, God, now I'm not going to go there. Whatever you need to do to help me to get beyond this, let's get beyond this. But I still want to trust you just like I did the first day I met you. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, the things of, of life can wear you down some. But you can't focus on what's missing. you got to focus on what's yet to come. You can't spend your time there, you know. And I'm telling you from the word and from experience, you know, that'll that's a killer. It's an early death killer, so you got to get yourself. Your your relationship with God is not contingent on the answer to one prayer anyway. you got a lot of things you can believe God for. You better get out there and start using your faith for most stuff in most stuff. And so it says here the earnest expectation. See, this is, we, we earnestly expect the things that are coming from god and it depends on us manifesting so what causes us to manifest as sons and daughters of god it's that we make it through the suffering so that we can have glory revealed in us you you can't get you can't pull much out of heaven without a bunch of heaven in you and if we're looking at things that we want only and not looking at the bigger picture all creation is groaning and waiting for us to get our act together and just submit to god and let god develop us and develop our faith develop our inner man you know people think that's not as important as your faith well your inner man can't do anything if he's not developed and so that's what it's talking about here. He says, For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who have subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. So your dog is waiting for you to get his act. Your fish is waiting for you to get his act, your act together. Your, your, your grandchildren are waiting for you to get your act together. 
and allow suffering to take place. Allow endurance to take place. You don't have to have everything that pops in your mind when it pops in there. You do. You'll be in debt. Huh? You will. That's that's why debt's created. Is that we don't really commit these things to God, and we don't really live out of inheritance. We want to live out of things, and you cannot live out of things. You have to live out of faith in God. So it says we know that the whole creation groans and travails in prayer and pain together until now, man. So when God's children are are developed, when we're when we manifest as those who are expecting an inheritance, we have confidence in God, we have all our faith invested in God, everything about life gets better. Um, this is something the global warming people don't know anything about. This is something the you know the earth savior earth people don't know anything about. This is something all of those uh, people don't know anything about is this kind of stuff because when when sons and daughters see what's disharming this earth is sin rampant sin unrepentant sin people doing what they want to do uh you know if we continue to just let homosexuals run everything where you know human reproduction will cease you know i mean that's it, that's the end part of it the devil doesn't want any more people here because if he can kill people, he can pretty much run this thing. And so if we don't allow ourselves to develop in God and understand that you're here for more than, you know, your own self and your own little world and what he promised to bring to you, you know, people are mad with God about foolish things, you know, a job promotion they missed or I didn't get to go to college because my parents made me work or, you know, some foolish thing. You know, it's always something silly that has no meaning as far as eternity is concerned. You know, people get to, to you know, elder years and start thinking about all the opportunities they had that they missed because they focused on self only, really, is what it is, and not really focusing on what God's doing down here. Everything I didn't get when I wanted to get it, I realized that God had something other in mind for me. So we weren't even in the same we weren't even in the same mindset. So you got to realize that you can be off in your desire for the things that God promised you. Sila. You can get it tangled up in your fear and your you know, you're thinking it's got to happen tomorrow and all this kind of stuff. You know, you got to get yourself untangled for that and and just keep your faith. Keep it focused where, where it's supposed to be and, and really, really preserve and protect your faith. Uh, mostly we're protecting it from ourselves, you know. <laughs> protect yourself from yourself. Uh-huh. <laughs> wake up packing you know just pack the word so you can keep your your faith grounded in god's word so and not only they but them ourselves also which have the first fruits of the spirit we even ourselves grown within ourselves waiting for not whatever god promised you but your adoption you're waiting for the fullness of god to manifest in your life you're waiting for more of god you're not waiting for more things 
the devil will make you think, well, you know, I, I still got to get so and so and such and such, or I'm waiting for, you know, my brother to get saved, or my cousin to get saved, or my kids to get saved, or you know, you're not waiting on anything, you're not waiting on anything, because God said you already got a promise for that stuff. You got a promise for that. And if you want it moved to the front burner, ask God about it. You know, but don't go stewing about things as though it's the end of the world if you don't get it. You know, it's it's not going to trust me. It ain't the end of the world. If you don't get it, it ain't the end of the world. The world still goes on. So we, we have to acknowledge that. So he says, we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, what does he yet hope for? But if we hope for that which is not seen, then we have to wait with patience for it. Amen. So this is the missing ingredient. You just ain't got yourself all worked up. Woke up this morning, decided this was the last day you're going to put up with this nonsense in your life. God, I'm going to put it into this. Is it going to be over for the day is out? I don't know who you're going to shoot or who you're going to kidnap or put a gun to their head, but it's going to be over before the day is. And then we find out it's not. And it's just us responding to the enemy's promptings. You know, the devil been picking at us all night. Huh? It's what he does. And, and he does it very, very well. So we are hoping for what is not yet seen. And that bugs us because we want to see it real bad. Your natural man wants to mess up the same promise that you want to get so you can enjoy it. The devil wants you to get it prematurely so you can mess it up. Huh? And then you can say, God disappointed me. You know, he just always wants to keep you separated from the love of God. That's that's really what it is. But if you decide that you're going to abide in hope and abide in God's love, and you're not going to take no for an answer. You're not going to let the enemy steal anything from you. You know you're going to be that kind of person. Then there is nothing that will separate you from God's love. He's just going to be always there for you. He's going to, you, you know, one, sometimes you just need to say, you know what, God, just take this. God, I don't know what to do with it. You know what I'm saying? Just you handle this. It's the best pray you could ever pray. You understand what I'm saying? Especially if you tend to get it gummed up in your fears and gummed up in your impatience, gummed up in this and gummed up in that. I remember somebody, a gentleman that uh, had had gotten married, I think he was 40 or 45 years old. He was a minister and he said, you know, I would get out and preach and preach all his confidence in God. He said, then go back to my room. And say, ah, I'm sick of waiting. I'm here. <laughs> you know, but he never let it show, apparently. And he said that, that God one day just revealed who his wife was to him. They got married. He said, and he said, and in, in like four or five years, we had two children. He said, and I'm out there doing the same things everybody else is married and bored. Trying to get back out on the road, remembering the days as a single man, all that kind of stuff. But he said, it just happens like that. He said, but along the way, there were many opportunities for him to miss God. He said, and he is so thankful that he didn't jump into something prematurely 
and miss what God he said and he said the the thing that I enjoy about it mostly is that I know this is what God had for me and that that really settles that means more to us than just getting stuff and having stuff and all this kind of thing and so he withstood all of that you know uh all the distractions that the enemy will place in our lives so and that's the other thing we have to really avoid distractions really avoid distractions in order to keep our faith we must keep the focus on god and what he says he will do he brings it to pass we don't i know people have all these little christian sayings like speak it into existence there's no such thing you can't do that only god does that you got me you're speaking if you're speaking in faith your speaking is keeping you in faith and keeping you from being distracted your speaking is a weapon that keeps your faith active and strong for you it's not impressing god See, I had to break myself of that mentality because sometimes I would think, oh, if I confess the word more, that's just religion, you know. Uh, if you confess and you're not believing it, it's not doing you any good. You know, a robot can confess the word. huh? We got them on our tablets. I got a little English robot. That man ain't no more saved than anything. But he done read the whole Bible and is on my iPhone and on my tablet same little english speaking man and he pronounces all i said "Ooh, is that how you pronounce that word i never do that speak on brother but i have to add the faith to what he's saying i'm gonna say it again i must add the faith to what he is saying same thing with you when you confess the word you must mix it with faith or you're just spouting off scriptures hoping you impress god see so you got to mix it with faith. You got to really believe what you're saying. You got to believe God is going to do what he says he's going to do. You got to believe for increase. You got to believe for wealth. You got to believe for health. You got to believe for children getting saved and grandchildren getting saved and serving God and all that kind of stuff. You got to use your faith for that, folks. We can't just speak it into existence. Come on now. You know if that were true, we can speak blessing and cursing you got me because we can really put people down sometimes you know thinking less of people and not expecting them to you know come up to god's standard all that kind of stuff we can put it in a category where they'll never get out if we had that power thank god we don't have that power god won't give it to us if he sees us being consistent sometimes in our confession he'll release things to us based on our faith and based on his timing but you're not your confession is for you more than anything because once you express that prayer to god one time and believe you receive it confessing the word does more to keep you in faith than it does to you know <laughs> I believe I received, therefore I have. I believe I received, therefore I believe I received. You know, come on now. God is not sitting there waiting for you to recite that to him, for him to bless you. You need to recite it to yourself so you don't forget it and go off and do something else. huh? You know, I've seen people over the years, you know, they used to come to the meetings and all all 
you know excited about something then you you can you know what they're doing because you see them in the supermarket they drop their head and keep <laughs> or you see them and they turn it on you before you uh I, how's your husband doing did you ever get this and did you ever you know they ask you want to want you to validate your faith to them you better go get your own faith little girl you be questioning me about mine you better how's your relationship with god you better go get your own faith because yours can't do nothing for me other than agree with me for what i but i still gotta pull it in come on now you know god won't override our desire because somebody else is agreeing with us i can't agree with you and then you turn cold on it and it come into your life anyway why would god do that huh why would he do that supposed to believe you receive it when you pray time doesn't mean anything you know except time went by (laughs) that's all consider it richer riper better as time goes on you know just it's just growing it's just getting nice it's getting to where i can enjoy it and forget time being your enemy because it's not the devil makes that lie up so if we keep the focus on god and what he says he will do we will be able to keep our faith we still live in the natural realm and we have a flesh body and you have a soul that can go either way you know your soul can be your enemy one day and your friend the next so you you the confession of the word really is to keep your soul encouraged and to bring health and life to your soul with the word of god in order to keep faith we must keep focus this does not mean we ignore the natural or pretend it's not there huh? people get hung up in what to say about things that happen in the natural you know like you got to make an excuse for it you don't have to say anything about it you know i found this to be true uh you know if, if things are not going if there's no improvement in something you know i'll say well not yet we haven't seen it yet you know that kind of thing and that's all you need to say about it is just hold out hope for this thing manifesting so it doesn't mean that we ignore the natural or pretend it's not there but we do reckon ourselves dead to its influence on our faith i'm gonna say it again you don't ignore the natural or pretend it's not there you're trying to fight the carnal with the carnal when you do that but you do reckon yourselves dead to its influence on you that it doesn't have to mean anything either way about what god promised you why is that because god promised you from the foundation of the earth this covenant we have is eternal and the situations in between have nothing to do with whether or not you're going to get it from god it means nothing I'm going to say it again. It means nothing. You know, people are believed for reconciliation of marriage. Do you know how many times the devil will mess around with your, your mate while you believe in God for them to come home? And you think if you, you hear that they going with somebody or something, well, don't quit listening to that. Because you ain't expecting him to bring them home with you when he comes home. He's going to be totally by himself when he comes in there. So you don't even have to think about them people. You don't have to make them no breakfast. You don't have to make no provision for them. You don't have to have a bedroom for them or nothing like that. Just reckon yourself dead to 
Be like the mafia. You're dead to me. <sighs> you got a girlfriend. She's dead to me. Huh? means nothing about nothing folks it means nothing nothing in the natural means anything next to your promise your promise came long before the devil started his shenanigans the devil wasn't even created yet when god made promises to us you got me you got me so god was there in the beginning in the beginning god not God, comma, Satan, the angels, uh, 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 the beginning God. And from the foundation of the earth, he made these promises to us back before. So the promises are eternal, honey. Anything that God has in his heart for you came a long time, came before your crazy shenanigans that you did that you think is going to stop him from blessing you. Uh-huh. All our unbelief and carrying on and all that kind of stuff came way before that. So, you know, he if that were going to stop it, he never would have promised it to you. But he promises it to all his children. You know, he's no respecter of persons. That's a nice thing about that. Something you can't believe, somebody else can. And they believe God for, for great things and impossible things. So. so the flesh does not have to react to the natural but you cannot allow its entrance into your decision making. So when you make your decisions on whether or not to continue to believe God for something or, you know, I'll put it on the back burner. I gave it to God. Don't talk to me about it. That's wrong. You know, if you gave it to God, you can rejoice in the fact that, that he's blessing you with it, that you believe it's coming, that you know it's coming. Amen. So. If we allow its entrance, we can't allow the entrance of natural changes to influence our decision making. So we must answer these distractions that the enemy puts before us. So if you're believing God for a, a healing and you go to the doctor and the, the news is worse and not better. Uh, God said you were healed before all this news came about, you know. I remember going to the doctor one time <laughs> 30 years ago. <laughs> you know, I was like, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I just don't believe what they say. I can't believe what they say. I got to believe what God says. You know what I'm saying? You got to put your, when I say believe, put your faith in it. You know, put your faith in it. Now, there's sometimes you get hung up in the system. That's what I call it. You know, if you go and you got something wrong in your body and you know your faith isn't what it's supposed to be, just take the pill and go home. You know what I'm saying? But stay with the regimen, but don't put your confidence in that medicine. You have to be continually feeding yourself the word of God because that's really what you want. Your spirit man would rather believe God than put his trust in medicine. Got me? Medicine. So we have to, you know, a lot of times people, uh, I was looking at some pills that I, I had to take and, Everything causes drowsiness. I'm saying, well, well, what what does this have to do with with drowsy? You know what I'm saying? You think it doesn't relate at all. Well, why is it? I mean, you know, an antibiotic for your bladder causes drowsy. I'm saying, wait a minute now. 
the devil's got us all doped up rocking around we like zombies walking around here calling ourselves getting better so the sooner i can get my freedom from that stuff the better i like it folks you know what i'm saying i realize i can't rush god i i have to kind of settle a little bit and relax about it and get confidence that he's taking care of it and in due season it'll spring forth like it's supposed to you can't just make it happen and rush it and all that kind of i wish i could <laughs> you know some things you can get an immediate you know when jesus would perform miracles uh an, an instant miracle happened either right then and there or within one hour see you give it an hour you know people don't realize that sometimes because they'll come up to the altar and if it doesn't leave right away they'll go disappointed and say it didn't work or something like that but you got an hour to let the miracle work you understand what i'm saying for jesus and and if it doesn't work in an hour then it will happen you go winting believing it'll happen anytime you got me but don't don't get stuck in trying to say it won't happen for you that's not true that's never true once you extend your faith for something it must happen you got me it must so god must answer these things for us amen so if we're not going to react to the natural and we can't allow its interests into our decision making so how is this done see how is it done we we have to understand that we have a mechanism built into our faith that causes things in the natural not to have an effect on us so what do we do when the natural says something other than what we want it to say what do we do when the natural manifests like that so if you'll turn over to mark chapter 11 and verse i think it's 20 wait a minute mark 11:13. it starts there circumstances happen in the natural go to the doctor and they want to tell you you know you you've got some disease or got this or got that mark 11 verse 13 verse 12 on the morrow jesus was coming toward bethany he was hungry and seeing a fig tree far off having leaves he came if perchance he might find something on it and when he came he found nothing on it but leaves for the time of figs was not so jesus has an expectation of some fruit to be on that tree even though it's not time for it well how can he rightfully expect something to happen before it's time because he carries time with him he is the king of glory he is the king of all creation we all see things happen out of season hmm? uh, if you have not noticed christmas starts around the end of halloween you ever notice now they used to do christmas like right after thanksgiving you start seeing the stuff out there but it's been crept up on us where is you know you can go in any store and you find a christmas display you know like in october everybody kind of get trying to get the jump on the season 
a season really refers to a time when it's common to see something happen. But a season can be early or it can be late. But what they generally call a season is when it's common to see it. So Jesus is looking here for some kind of uncommon thing that happens here and there. You got me? Here and there you would see fruit on a tree out of season for when the majority of it was on the vine. But you can see fruit at any time. Planting can happen. It it can happen. We don't know how. This is one of the mysteries of God. We're really... This fig tree refers to the nation of Israel that when you see some of them get saved in this dispensation of the Gentiles, they are out of season for when the majority will come in. You know, the Bible says that when the fullness of the Gentiles is fulfilled, then all Israel will be saved. So we know that there is a time in the future when all of the Jewish people on the earth will receive Christ. Is it clear in the Bible? We don't see it now. But every now and then you'll see a few of them come in. That's what he's talking about here. The fig trees that are out of figs that are out of season when the majority will happen. But he expects to see some then. Uh, try Peter. Try all of the disciples. They were all Jews. Try Joseph of Arimathea. All of those people were all Jews. Everybody who was saved during that time. And then the Gentiles started to come in after the crucifixion of Jesus. So he's saying there's got to be some fruit there somewhere. But because there was no fruit, what did it do? And it says here, seeing a fig tree afar off, he came happily. He might find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves because the time of the fullness was not yet. Or the time when all figs, there's a time when they come in and they're so plentiful, they fall on the ground and rot because it's so many of them. And so that time is not yet. And he said, Jesus answered and said, no man eat of you hereafter, which means this is the end of the old covenant law, the Jewish dispensation. He called an end to it by cursing that fig tree. Y'all with me on that? That was kind of an aside. I mean, I I didn't mean to go there, but it does it does make sense when you think about it. And that's the standard interpretation of this event is that Jesus cursed the nation of Israel not to receive any more until the fullness of the Gentiles come in and then their season of fullness will come. And so what it says here, though, when he saw the fig tree did not have any on it, he answered it. If you don't have a King James, you need to get one every now and then. I know all these other interpretations are good and people like them, but you'll find the essence of what it means. He answered that tree. He looked at it and saw it didn't have any fruit, and he answered it. It's the same way you do when you're waiting on a promise of God. When you see that you're expecting that and it doesn't come yet, rather than be disappointed, you need to answer that because it's talking to you. That fig tree talked to Jesus. 
and it said you ain't getting no figs off here because it's not our season yet and you can't have none just like the 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 uh, uh, uh and i'll give you another example of things that happen out of season because they override the natural phenomena that happen to make things to make seasons happen when the the woman with the the Syrophoenician woman with the daughter with the the uh, that was that had was tormented and had devils, Jesus said, "It's not meat for me to take the children." She said, in other words, I came to the lost sheep of Israel. It ain't your time. She said, "I know it's my time because even if they eat up everything there is, it's crumbs left, and my kids can get them crumbs." You see what I'm saying? So faith in God, in the eternal things, in eternal truths, always overrides natural time, seasons, everything. Look at Abraham and Sarah. Their time was up. They had spent so so many years in, in their games. Huh? Shenanigans. Huh? She ain't my wife. She my sister. Well, no wonder y'all ain't had no kids yet. You don't even know who she is. But faith in God overrode that. I said faith in God overrode that. Faith in God will override any natural season. And bring you into supernatural season of God accomplishing what he says he's going to do. You have no choice sometimes. Sometimes you got to dig deep and believe God for a, for a miracle. So you do what you got to do. You keep holding on to the word of the Lord is what you do. So you must answer things when the natural is looking bad. You got to speak to it. And that's what confessing the word really does for you. You do your most for yourself. When you look at a situation that's 100% bad and nobody believes it's ever going to change and you start to speak the word of God into that situation. You can look at any situation that's 100% bad and everybody is encouraging that it's going to remain bad and you can get a miracle from God. You can always get that. And so that's how you handle these things. That's how you keep your faith. That's how you keep your faith invested in God and it don't stray and waver and get over in the natural and start looking at what it looks like and what they're not going to do and they said this and they said that. You don't have to abide by those so-called rules. You can abide in the blessing of God and the confidence of God and the faith of God. He said he will perfect everything that concerns you. If something's not right and it's out of sorts, he says he will perfect it and he will perfect it he'll make it right he'll make it pleasing to you he'll make it what his word promises it will be so we we have to believe that you know we have to believe that you can't go into situations though that are goofed up from the beginning and you don't have peace about it and expect god to you know you don't marry an unbeliever and expect god to save them come on now it's just there's a believer somewhere trust me <laughs> they might be in rough shape or something right now but believe god for the believer first and foremost you know don't ever waver on that you know you drop your faith for a believer and you all of a sudden you'll start to be surrounded with people who don't know god because you're drawing them with your unbelief anyway but you know what i'm saying this just make sure 
that you stay surrounded with your confidence and your faith in God. And don't let that waver, folks. Don't let that waver. You find it wavering. You find it teetering. Then you start pumping the word into yourself more and holding on to what God has told you. Amen. What God has cursed is cursed. And what he blesses is blessed. So Jesus cursed that fig tree. They were shocked the next day that it was totally dried up from the roots all of a sudden. And when God curses something, it is cursed. But you can reckon things dead, things that happen in the natural, you can reckon them as having no effect on you whatsoever. Jesus reckoned that that uh, fig tree dead because it was of no use to him. And then he moved on with the rest of his ministry. And in that same way, we must reckon every idea that exalts itself against the promise that God has promised us. We have to reckon that thing dead and just focus in on the knowledge of God and what God has said will happen. How do we do that? Second Corinthians 10.5 tells us, you're to cast down imaginations and arguments. These things in your head will tell that will say to you, "Oh yeah, you 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 know you notice that pain? You better go get that checked out." And you said, "Nope, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I'm healed." You notice that? You better go get that checked. Oh, nope, I rebuke you in the name. Of, you notice that? Uh, uh, yeah, no. Nope. Oh, and then pretty soon you quit noticing all them little things that you're supposed to notice. Because you're either healed or you're not. You make up your mind. If you're healed, you don't notice. i tell you one thing. The more you notice it, the worse it gets. That's with anything. Because the devil, once he gets your attention, he likes to show out. and You know, he's a performer. Man. So he wants to get your full attention and keep you all focused on him. You know, very, very what they call histrionic. You know, once he starts getting your attention, he just goes to the the max with it. And so you can't let that happen. So how do you do that? The one thing we did say, you just said it, that that we can curse those things and cause and reckon them dead. So you reckon yourself dead to the influence of that thing. The other thing is cast down imaginations and arguments. It may pose a challenge to you at first. Because the thought that stands in the way of our answer may seem large at first. It might seem like you're just speaking to the wind, you know, or speaking to something that won't move. And then one day you'll you'll realize, you know what, this thing is not as big as it it's not as coming to me as often, it's not as threatening to me. That happened because you started with your little bitty mustard seed chipping away at it and chipping away at it and chipping away at it you know i always think when i think about this uh uh passage of scripture sometimes i think about that song uh i forget what it was from i'm always trying to think from the musical so you know doing my uh my uh introduction but the song was called high hopes you know about the ant trying to move a rubber tree plant because he had hopes yep and this is what we have to keep our hope higher than the obstacle it's got to be higher than the thing and it may seem at first like it's not gonna go nowhere it is not gonna move and then one day if you keep it up you'll start seeing movement on it 
You'll start seeing movement. Uh, this happens so often with us with our faith. It's it's just kind of unbelievable that we would be stopped by certain things. I think sometimes it's something we think is real important to us. We're more vulnerable to get discouraged in it or think it won't happen. But you can you can manage that as well with your faith. But we may think it's too large for our small faith. But if we keep using the faith we have, it gets easier. And we can extinguish the natural thought totally. The thought that it won't happen will go away. Once you get rid of the thought that it won't happen, the devil will start trying to tell you it's going to take a long time and and kill your now expectation for it. So you have to fight that one too. But you'll get to a place where your faith is established. That's what you want to do. You want to get it settled. You want to get it established. You want to get it to where it doesn't waver anymore. You know, where you can laugh at the devil and say, you know what? <laughs> Don't work. <laughs> Don't work. And and just keep moving on in God and thanking God. You can insulate your faith yourself from the effects of, of distractions through worship and staying close to God. Worship provides a shield that that is thrown up in the face of adversity. Because you're calling on the glory of God to cover you and to shroud you. So you get shrouded in the glory of God. And the enemy can't penetrate that. You know, he'll he'll flee from you. The Bible says to uh, submit to God, then resist the devil, and he'll flee. See? That submission to God has got to be established. And, and, you know, sometimes you can do it just by thanking him. You know, just, just Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You know, as sometimes you'll feel your mind wanting to drift off and get worried. Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And those things will leave. I used to hear older saints do that a lot. And I used to think, I said, why do they keep doing that? You know, uh, you know, it irritates you. But you don't understand irritates you. Then God helps you in your ignorance. You come to understand. You realize them people had something, you know. And I think I'm going to grab it myself. I think I'll tap into it. That's resisting the enemy, submitting to God. So steadfast resistance of the God of this world will settle and establish us in faith. That's in 1 Peter 5.10. starts in verse 9. 1 Peter. Back a little bit more. Chapter 5. Verse 9, and he talks about, you know, it's amazing how many of the epistles talk about as a prelude to talking about getting victory over the enemy. They talk or give an introduction and talk about relationships first. How you, this one talks about submitting to one another, submitting the younger, submit to the elder and all that. Your authority really rests in proper alignment of your relationship to God and God's authority and structure. You just can't have authority over the devil out of nowhere. You have to be submitted. You have to be a part of the church. You know, you have to be submitted to, to the authority that God placed over you so that you can have that flow of power 
down into your life. You have to be covered. Amen. I mean, that's that's real covering. Now, some of this other stuff is fictitious, but that's the real covering yourself. And it says in verse 6, he says, uh, um, oh, I'm sorry, verse 5, likewise, you younger, submit yourselves to the elder. Amen. And and uh, that the elders which are among you exhort to, that you uh, stay with Christ and lead the flock according to what God says, not for money. Don't do it for money, but do it because God put you there. And verse 6, it says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. You're picking up something you didn't have before. You humble your little feeble self and you get something that's mighty. Amen. And he says, and he'll exalt you in due time. Don't worry about God. He'll do what he's supposed to do. He said, cast your care upon him because he cares for you. In other words, don't take them burdens. If you're submitted to God, you're worry-free. You're carefree. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because the devil's walking around trying to see if he can get you. So stay under God's authority and stay under his care. And he said, just resist him steadfastly with your faith. Not with your mouth and boasting and bragging and trying to go for bad. But resist him with your faith. He says, with the God of all grace, who's called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a little while. So here's that suffering. You've got to allow God to do this for you. You've got to allow your hands not to be in everything and trying to run everything while you think you're waiting on God. He says, and, and he'll make you perfect, established, and strengthen and settle you. So what more? Does, you're not lacking anything right there. You're more mature. You're not whining for everything anymore. And you're, you're established. That means your faith cannot be moved now. It's what you want. And strengthen you and settle you. You know, you ain't all over the place trying to figure out how to get your bills paid and how to get this done and that done. You're, you're mature. See? You don't lack anything. So you stay with God. Stay humble to him. Stay with his system. Don't let yourself get distracted by these natural occurrences. Because the devil has got shenanigans now, man. He's taking Christians to jail. He's beheading Christians in foreign countries. He's stirring up the pot. And if we get moved by that, any more than praying for that and believing God's taking care of it, that's as much moved as you need to get on any of this stuff. But you want to be strengthened and established in, 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 in God's care. That's what you want. But, you know, it, 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 you'll be established in your faith and the testing starts all over again. You think you won't be tested again in some? The process is ongoing. But you know your position. You know what you got to do. You know you got to resist this natural temptation to look at what's going on in the world and decide. You know, I hear Christians on the Internet saying all kind of crazy stuff, and they've always said crazy stuff. Well, the reason the church is like this, and I just click, delete, nope, you don't know nothing, Jack. You understand me? You don't know what's going on because God knows what's going on. And I know he's given me one thing and one thing to do, and that's pray and hold on to what he's told me is going to happen. I'm not moved by evil report. They get manufactured and created. People have found now that a lot of the stuff they print on the Internet is not even true. You know, people aren't even doing a lot of the things. They, they'll they report anything on anybody now. used to be you had to know it for a fact, but now you just put it out there. And people believe it. 
They're they're people who are are buying government secrets from different governments and printing those. You know, we used to think we had security, and we we you don't have anything if you don't have God. And God is proving to people, you better trust me and get on board with what I'm doing, because the train is gonna leave from the final time for the station for some people, and you want them to be on it. You got me. You want people to know the love of God. So why don't we stop? We thank you, Lord, for helping us to understand faith and what we're to do and. All of the things that are connected with our relationship with you. We want to understand those things and implement them. We're not just sitting here idly with nothing to do. But we are here because we are going forward in you and using our faith to do great and mighty things. We want to move mountains with our faith. We want to cause change to happen with our faith. We want to break curses with our faith. We want to cause righteousness to come forth with our faith. So we thank you, Lord, for blessing us with the holy faith of the Son of God. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. If any-